You're listening to the Law of Attraction Radio Network. The secret to well-being is discovering the power that is your birthright, the power to create a happier, healthier life drawn from our own vast internal resources. Join Jules and her guests as they gently guide you to shift your perspective from the familiar negative to the divinely connected, a place that will not only positively impact your world, but possibly shift the planet. It's all right here on Law of Attraction Talk Radio. Well, welcome to Law of Attraction Talk Radio. I'm Jules from beautiful Southern California, and I'm so glad you could be with me. We've got a great show for you tonight, and it's all about overcoming great obstacles and learning how to deal with them by shifting away from them and moving into something that you absolutely love. And this was the case for Shelley L. Hallmark, who has a tremendous story, and you're going to hear all about it. And what inspired her to start Once Upon a Blog, Then and Now, as well as her brand new book. And it really is inspirational that is designed to help you to move forward, keep going, and to start loving life. That's what this show is all about. So without further ado, we are going to take a fast break, and then we'll be right back with Shelley L. Hallmark. It's here. It's hot. And it's a must-read. It's the science behind the Law of Attraction magazine. Every issue brings you great articles and in-depth how-tos from all your favorite Law of Attraction experts, authors, scientists, and medical professionals. Go to lawofattractionmagazine.net. That's lawofattractionmagazine.net. Ever wonder how some people around you are so successful making money, buying new homes, finding true love, and even better jobs? Well, now is the time for you to become that successful person. Jenny Gain, best-selling author and international law of attraction skills coach, is offering a free online masterclass for a limited time only to help fast-track your manifesting journey. Jenny Gain, also known as the Coach's Coach, has experienced success for herself and thousands more who have started manifesting wealth, health, and even a soulmate. If you're ready to create your own future, visit wisdomtimes.com and take Jenny Gain's free online masterclass. Yes, I said free online masterclass. Become one step closer to realizing your dreams at record speed. Visit www.wisdomtimes.com. Well, welcome, Shelley Hallmark, to Love Attraction Talk Radio. I'm so glad you could come on today. Thank you for having me. I, I really look forward to speaking with you. Well, thank you. You know, you have got um, a really amazing story and I think it's so important for people to understand all of the things that you've gone through 
um, it's it's just an inspirational message. And gosh, I don't know a person in the world who can't benefit from hearing about you and reading your book and and really understanding that no matter how horrific life gets, you can always see the beauty that still exists. So with that, Shelley, start from the beginning. Tell us your really great story. So from the, from the time I was young, I've always, uh, I've always utilized when my thinking was the law of attraction thinking, although at the time I, I wasn't aware that it was until the secret came about. And I thought, well, that was just my way of life. I didn't know it was a secret. Um, so it was, uh, it was interesting to see it all kind of laid out there and, and just knowing that was my way of being. Um, I used, I used it pretty precisely to what how they describe it uh, to draw in the things that I wanted in life as well as um, get rid of the things I didn't want in my life so uh, especially my um, my daughter was born uh, three and a half months premature and so she was one pound seven ounces and very tiny um, and of course the doctors have to give you all of the you know what's going on with her and the, the bad news basically um and i just the whole time i just thought okay that's that's good you can have you know I, I hear you but i see it differently and from the very beginning i could always see her coming home and i just fed that you know that thought process into her when i would you know hold her touch her anything and she did she came home and she's been thriving ever since and it's just, uh, and I think that it's, I think that that law of attraction is kind of innately in her as well, because she just kind of gets through things. So tell us, how long was she in the hospital before you could bring her home? She was actually uh, in the hospital for 108 days. Wow. <laughs> and uh, she came home on the day she was supposed to be born, which I thought was kind of ironic. <laughs> wow. That, wow. Talk about a manifestation. Yeah. Yes, definitely. Uh, and actually, prior to her being born, I had watched this TV show. It was about it was it was about cloning, I think, or something like that. And but the the feature of it was to watch the the fetus develop outside, so they could see the changes visually from a you know medical perspective. And I saw that that show, and I thought, oh, this morning sickness. Uh, I wish I could watch her from the outside and. I ended up having that occur is that I ended up and I thought, Oh my gosh, did I speak that into existence? But it, I don't, it wasn't that at all. It was just that there were so many positive things that she brought me from being born so prematurely and having so many challenges that have changed me in ways. I don't think I would have changed without it. Do you, um, what was the diagnosis from the doctor? Uh, from the time she was born, they said she would have challenges. Uh, initially, they listed a whole pile of them. Um, but the one is is she has mild cerebral palsy and then later assessed with mild autism. Okay. And, yeah, with the autism, they assessed her early. And, thankfully, because of the autistic intervention, she's kind of veered away from a lot of the a lot of the. Um, issues that she had autistically and has you know uh, and she's actually not 
uh, on the spectrum, I'm not really very familiar with the entire spectrum of autism, uh, but she does have, um, you know, enough of them to, for them to say, yes, we need to help her out. And they have, they've, they've pulled her away from it uh, because of the earlier intervention, which has been, you know, very beneficial. Give us the um, scenario when you brought the baby home, what was it all about? What were some of the things that um, were really um, made you stop and think, can I get through this? Oh, I'd have to say almost every minute of every day. <laughs> I was like that. I was terrified to be away from the hospital thinking, what if something happens and I don't know how to do, you know, what they're doing there. And, I, you know, it's, it's a huge responsibility just to have children, but to be medically responsible for them as well when they have so, so many challenges and needs. It's, uh, and, and not knowing a first-time mother, not knowing any, you know, not knowing much about caring for babies. Not enough that, you know, I, I mean, I babysat, but that wasn't really a comparison. And, uh, yeah, it was, plus, you know, she was so tiny. She was five pounds when she came home, wow. which was still tiny. I mean, she was one pound, seven ounces when she was born, um, but she was still tiny at five pounds when she came home. So, and it was just every everything, I was on high alert, just panicked, thinking, oh, my gosh, what if something goes wrong? What am I going to do? And it was uh, it was it was terrifying for me, and uh, I, so, I actually I called the hospital a lot. <laughs> they probably got sick of me. <laughs> so it was like you were doing this and and being consumed by this anxiety for like twenty four seven. Definitely, yes, twenty four seven. Yeah, <laughs> anxiety ridden. Just uh, and I I didn't well for the first three days she actually didn't sleep much. Because it's, you know, I mean, it's an adjustment from, you know, from for the hospital to the home. The, the baby also, she also had the anxiety as well because of the change. So, um, and then, of course, that put me on, on anxiety. And then we were just kind of, and I didn't know how to, to calm her at times. So it was, yeah, I, I called, yeah, I called the hospital a lot and my mother. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it was... Uh, I think the I, I just kept asking for help from my loved ones that weren't actually physically here, and uh, I felt that there was a lot of uh, there was a lot of assistance in that way for me. Did you get signs from the universe or from your the past ones, the transition people? Have you did you get signs of how to go forward or? I would find that there were synchronicities continually happening. Um, just, you know, when I would think about something and, and like it would come into my mind and I think, oh, there's something I need and then I would find it. Or, you know, I would be thinking about something that I, uh, something else that I needed to do and then someone would call and then they would have that for me. It was just kind of all just, you know, serendipities and synchronicities just kind of fell into place for me. Um, all because my thoughts are, you know, manifesting them. I'm, I'm basically brainstorming in my mind to try and manage and, and handle and, and stay ahead of things so they don't go south. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, so, and so it was almost like it was a background piece of it was manifesting in the background as my thoughts were racing. 
So interesting. <laughs> so it was really um, a very difficult situation. And did you feel over time it was lessening that you got felt more in control of what was happening, or when did that take place? I actually, I I used uh, at first I would get comfortable, and then something different would happen. <laughs> and then I'd be thrown off balance again. And then I would get, I would find every time I started to get a little bit too comfortable, it would, it, something would change. Uh, thankfully, my daughter's 19 now, and she's been steady for the last three, four years. So I've been able to get really comfortable <laughs> and less anxiety. Uh, I think the writing has helped me through that, though, a lot, too. Um, as well, because writing out my thoughts and talking out with people as well. I love talking with people. And, um, and I, I think the best part about um, being able to communicate with others is, is that you can help provide, you can get different perspectives, find different options so you don't feel so isolated and alone. And the worst thing is feeling like you have no option and you only have one road to take. That's... yeah. So when did you start going out to be uh, to talk to other people? How how many years down the road? Oh, that was actually from the beginning. I would say definitely yes, because uh, I was very uh, my relationships with the doctors uh, very uh, ongoing, and we had many visits with doctors quite frequently. Um, at the beginning, I think it was about three every three to six months. She was actually every three months for the first year, and then. And then it had dropped back to every six months, and then um, and then there would be specialists involved because she would have challenges from because as she was growing, because she was born so prematurely, she wasn't able to her, her muscles and uh, didn't develop properly, so they weren't growing properly. So she had to have surgeries and stuff. So um, over the course of nineteen years, she's had twenty five surgeries. Oh my goodness! And um, they've done exams where they just put her out, which, you know, to do an exam because she won't sit for them. And she's had about 10 of those. So yeah. um, I used to get really anxious around hospital times of any kind of um, anything like that. It was, it was quite. Was it, was it because you felt like you were going to be releasing your control to somebody else? Yeah. Ah. It's very difficult because as a mother, you're, you're, you know, you're innate. Uh, maternal instinct is to protect right. and take care of them and keep them from harm. And when your child, I mean, the doctors aren't hurting your child, but they're still touching her and doing things that upset her and bother her. And so she's getting anxious about it. And of course, in turn, that makes me anxious. And then I think, stop, don't do that. Yeah. But it's, you know, they're, they're really just trying to help her, which, you know, they yeah, were. It's that's hard to true. release that though. <laughs> but, but I don't care who the doctor is. They don't know the child like a mother does definitely definitely and they've actually and i've because I've, I've had so many hospital visits they've actually um relayed that to me in the last four to five years is that they've they've realized they need to include the parents a little bit more because they do know the children more than just the medical side of it so good 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 glad to hear that <laughs> and i'm glad to hear that you were instrumental in that as well because it's, it's through you that they recognized um, what it is that they could be missing. 
Yeah, I think I think myself and many other parents as well too, because we get vocal when our children are, you know, stop doing that. You have to, you know, be careful here and no, that's not it. Because you do, you know them better. Yeah. Yeah. You know everything about them. Yeah, so but that would make me very anxious if I had to relinquish <laughs> them to a doctor, you know. It's like yeah. oh no, 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 no. Yeah. yeah. I can understand. That would be very yeah. yeah. So when did you start uh, discovering, because you, you were already talking to new people to get their perspectives and also starting to, um, I'm sure, relay your perspectives to them. So it was like a mutual um, information club, shall we say. Yes, yes. But when was it that you started writing um, I think because I was, I was uh, putting so much into caring for my daughter and her world around her that I was neglecting my own. So um, it got to a point where I was just completely drained and basically like uh, emotional rock bottom, just spiritually bankrupt. And so I started, I just started writing out my thoughts and it just, I, I picked up, like I, I picked up a a journal and a pen and I started writing and then six months later I was done writing my first book which was finding the balance which is what I titled it and that's what brought me back to finding balance and from then on I just kept using that uh, that let that avenue to kind of talk myself all out of things it was almost like going to a therapist every day I would actually love to do that <laughs> it would get costly <laughs> Because I just love to talk and, and find different perspectives and ideas and ways to do things. So, you know, just, it's so, I think it's so confining to not have any, any hope. And that's kind of how I felt at the time because I had, I had drained myself so much. And what year was that? Was that like in her fifth year or was it 10th year? That was, let's see, that was when she was, um, Holy, <laughs> I should know this. That was when she was 10, 11, 10 or 11. So I'd have been, for 11 years, I'd been just in putting everything into her and, and completely neglecting myself. And it's, it's a lot of work. Um, and especially when I was single parent, so it was, it made it even more so. so. Wow. Yeah, difficult. So you didn't have a partner there to help, help you out. Not shoulder it as much. Yes. Yeah. Wow. Oh my gosh. So um, when you wrote Find the Balance or Finding the Balance, when did you discover that you were lacking in the spiritual beauty? When did you discover that? Um, I, I think because, well, when I started writing it, the reason was is because I had felt like uh, I I didn't have any, it's not that I didn't have any hope. It was more that I, my dreams felt like they weren't going to ever occur. And I thought I've got to get that back. I can't just live in this hopeless state and just put everything in here. I'm just, that's not, that's not living. That's existing. And I don't want to do just that. I want to enjoy life. I want to be able to enjoy more with my daughter and provide more for her. So she enjoys it as well because if I'm stressed, then she's going to be stressed as a result because you end up passing it along to people as you, as you encounter others. And um, so I think I started reading 
um, some books, uh, specifically started with Wayne Dyer. I, I loved him. Uh, started reading his books and he was the one who kind of inspired me back into, yeah, you know, like I really, his train of thought was exactly the same as mine was from the beginning. And I thought, yeah, that's what I need to get back onto. And, and I, and so when I started writing, it just kind of all, it's just, it all just kind of fell right out onto the paper. And, and it still does. At times I get stumped on, you know, writer's block type idea. Um, but it's more, uh, I'm more or less looking at what I feel around from the people around me as well, because I see others struggling and stuff. Yeah. So when your daughter was 10, was she able to walk around? Was she able to move? What, what was going on with her? Her mobility was actually quite limited. Um, she, she had, um, like I said, she had the, the muscles that didn't really grow. So they had to do a uh, muscle lengthening surgeries in both legs. Um, and then, um, she, she also had, because she was born so premature, her eyes didn't fully develop and had to have six surgeries on her eyes. Um, so she wore glasses, um, and they were really, really thick. Um, but I don't, they couldn't really tell exactly what her vision was without her being able to confirm it because she's nonverbal. So, um, as a talker, it's really difficult to have a nonverbal person in my company all the time. I just want to talk and talk and talk and <laughs> she's not giving me anything back. <laughs> it's a little frustrating at times, but, um, <laughs> but she that, has her own communication. That's what I was going to, that's what I was going to ask. In what ways can she communicate with you? She, she's created her own sign language that we've kind of developed together. Um, in addition to that, I, I don't know, somehow there's a lot of times where I know what she's saying when I've got my back turned to her. So I, I could be reading it. I don't know. Intuitively. <laughs> yeah, yes, intuitively, just knowing what she needs at any given time. Now that could also be because I've, I've put so much into her care and her life that, uh, I mean, I know every corner of it. So how could I not know exactly what she's wanting at every time almost? So, yeah. But yeah, she's created her own, she's created her own sign language and she forces others to adapt to her. <laughs> so. That's good. So she's got a personality. Definitely. She's actually got quite a sense of humor. <laughs> she really, for someone who doesn't talk, she tends to talk a lot is my saying all the time because she always wants to communicate with people. She's always got her hands out to touch them and, and talk and she wants you to translate for her so she can have a conversation with people. And she's very, she's very, you know, interested in communicating with other people. So you can communicate or talk for her. Yes. Yes. So you, so you have this innate ability to pick mm -hmm. up what she's trying to, to ask. Yes. Yes. What, can you give us some examples of that? Um, let's see here. Uh, well, a lot of times when she when she sees someone or she someone is approaching us and she starts, you know, I'll say hello to them and then she'll start waving and then she'll grab a hold of, you know, someone and she'll want to talk and she'll she'll want to tell them that she got her hair cut today or she had um, pancakes for breakfast or something like that. So she does her own little signs. So she'll she'll rub her stomach saying that and say like the the pee like puh and say that that's pancakes or she'll touch her hair and I had my hair cut and she's she's very proud of it. 
you know, I went to the dentist and she starts smiling how her teeth are so pretty. So she, that's what she wants to tell everyone, all of these things. Like, look what I did today. You know, it's, she's very proud of herself because she's, there's not a lot that she can do. So when she is, she does, she wants to tell people all about it. Wow. <laughs> well, you had mentioned that you, your life became so consumed by her that you couldn't live your dreams. Did you discover or really put into written words the dreams that you wanted for you? Um, I think that, so my first book was kind of me, my journey walking out of that, that darkness. And then my, my Once Upon a Blog book is a collaboration of all of the blogging I've done over the last six years, which have carried me through that time. So I think that I kind of, you know, um, talk myself through these things and work myself. And as I'm going, I'm always talking about the way I, what I want to see in the world, which is cultivating, you know, happy, you know, a much happier environment. I think that there's so many challenges and discouragements for people that it's just, it's so important for them to um, connect with one another and believe in themselves and not give up. Because, you know, anyone, there's no, there's no limit on what we can achieve at any time, age, you know, anything, uh, you know, whatever, whatever impedes you, it, it only impedes you because you are, because I think the biggest part that will impede you is your mind telling you you can't do something. Right. But you were still very much involved um, with her, but did you ever start thinking about your own dreams of what you wanted for yourself. I mean, like have a relationship, um, have um, uh, extra funds, have, you know, um, parties or something like that. Did you ever think of what it was that would make you or was it still consumed by your beautiful daughter? Uh, I would say it was a blend of the two of them, but definitely I do have my dreams as well. I do. I want to have, you know, the, I want to have family around and enjoy life and go and do things that make my soul happy mm. and as well as provide for her at the same time. There's not a lot of things. There's a, you know, there's a few things that we can't do together because there's some things that I just can't. I couldn't drag her through. It wouldn't be, you know, she wouldn't enjoy it. So there's some things I would, and of course there's some things I want to do on my own as well, because I can't be joined at the hip with her all the time. I have to, you know, you have to have your own personal time. And so my writing to go in the direction of, um, my goal is to write. I also want to, um, I, I honestly, in the future, perspective of it I look at thinking I want to do the the seminar type idea and have the big groups and you know inspire as many people as I can globally you know just because I think that there's just so much stuff so much stuff world stuff that's dragging us you know that drags us down at times that we do need some we need more light and that's what I want to bring about is more light so that you know people start believing in themselves again and sharing with others and you know just generally enjoying more of life instead of just existing. So what would you um, tell people that they need to focus on or how to get out of 
their thoughts. In other words, stay focused, but have unfocused time. I would say to get more spiritually connected to their soul. Honestly, um, it's the human ego factor that that is the mind that that takes us down, and it's it, our soul at, at its core doesn't have any of that holding it back. So if they get in touch with their inner child, that's you know how we were as children is that's what they need to get back. Not necessarily you know the <laughs> a lot of the, maybe some of the silly things as well, but you know I mean not having people care for you type idea and don't do anything. Yeah. (laughs) That's what children do all the time. It's just that as a child, that's what I was. I was very coddled and didn't have to, you know, my, my parents were very good to me. And uh, so I, I, and I had lots of uh, experiences and friends and just lots of really good times. And I think that's what a lot of people um, are missing in their lives. We go to work, we come home, you know, we go to sleep, we do it again. And then, we have two days on the weekend and, you know, and it just gets bombards people. And I think that in order to, you know, a weekend retreat of getting in touch with just your, you know, your soul at its core, I think that would be enough to spark, ignite the spark, you know, and then, and then from there you just grow it, you know, keep doing things that nourish your soul. Yes. Like for you, it's writing. Yes. Writing does it. Well, how would, Now, writing for um, some people just wouldn't work. What would you suggest? Um, It it would all depend on what they what they were drawn to. I think Um, I I think that anything creative for me, uh, because I'm drawn to all sorts of creativity things. Uh, Not just writing. I love cooking and I love. clothes so (laughs) fashion but that's you know that's all a creative process um and it's just anything in that area i find to be uh nourishing to my soul and also spending time with my friends like it's the good food good wine good good you know good friends good company that that thing it's that as well um i think that it's important to reconnect in there Uh, for some for someone to find what Theirs would be, I think that, um, I think that's whatever they, honestly, I believe it's whatever you kind of, the things that you had in your mind as a child, you know, like not everyone's going to go out at 40 and be a fireman (laughs) or, you know, okay, I'm 50 years old now. I wanted to be a doctor or I wanted to be, you know, it's not like they could, uh, but I think it's more of the, that was the, the job goal as children, what did we want to do that was fun, that made us feel good? I think that's what they need to get in touch with and find. And I think that's how they'll find what they're interested in doing. And it's it's usually your hobby that brings you the most enjoyment. So something that's, you know, a hobby that you can turn into, something that you do for, you know, for work or even, you know, it, it nourishes everything. So just taking a walk and being with nature is a very spiritual experience, noticing and to um, keep your focus off of the situation that you're in, but to experience what the beauty of life is all about would at times bring you back into that center place. Yes. Yes, actually, my first book I wrote, um, 
a, a lot of it I wrote uh, was out by, the, I would go to the beach and I would just sit out there. And I mean, it was February, so it wasn't warm, not here in Vancouver. <laughs> it's kind of chilly. <laughs> but I would sit out there and I just listen to the waves and let them go. And Or, or I'd go up by the lake or down by the, you know, there we have a, a, a walkway along a, a couple of lakes. So it's, yeah, like that. And I just sit out there and then just, and then, and I just write and write and write. And then I, and I would, and I just found that, because that is true, nature does ground you. It does make you feel more connected. And at one point, um, I think if you, I went to a beach actually recently in, in Portland, Oregon, and um, a girlfriend of mine and I were there, and we, we were standing on the beach, and I swear, I mean, I wasn't, you know, we weren't drinking or anything like that, but I swear I could feel the movement of the earth. I think it's because I was standing on the beach, the water was going back and forth, and I could just feel this kind of, um, symbiotic uh, sense going with the, with the earth. It was almost like I could feel it rotating, but I, I don't. <laughs> but it's that nature aspect of it that it just it it I don't know. It just um, it inspires. It's uh, it's nourishing, and um, I think it really uh, heals. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So so you are. You're not, you're able to um, do things on your own without your daughter. Is there someone that can take care of her while you're yes. not there? Yes. As, as I said, she just turned 19. So she has um, a, a different care plan now. There's no more going to school and after school care. They, you know, the, um, <clears throat> our government here uh, has care facilities and, and things like that. So she'll have in-home care. Um, and so now it, that gives me a lot more freedom going forward now since she turned 19. Wow. Yeah. Yes. So what, what do you see for your future? Uh, for my future, I want to have a career in writing. I want to, I want to do this. I want to do, you know, seminars to, I want to meet as many people as I can and get out there and try and inspire as many people as I can. Um, I want to be able to provide for my family so they have, you know, everyone, I just want to, I just want to see everyone happy. That's really what it is, is I just want to see that everyone is taken care of and that they're happy. So I, I see people not in like not being taken care of. Like I, I, I want to help others find that too. Yes. And that's important. So you've got a major message to get out. But I noticed one thing, you want to keep on writing books, but you didn't say anything about being a best-selling author. Oh, oh yes, <laughs> definitely, definitely. I, I would love, I would love that. I'd be so grateful for that. <laughs> um, yeah. My, <laughs> yes, I would definitely love that. I, 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 you want to be a best-selling author and you want the money that comes along with it so that you can provide all these wonderful things for all your friends and you can yes. travel and, and you can do everything. Have you thought about traveling with your daughter? Uh, I, I have. I, we actually, when I, I did take her on a vacation, a couple actually, we went to, I took her to Hawaii in 2006 when she was, no, in, sorry, in, I took her to Mexico in 2006 and then Hawaii in 2008. So she was a 10 or something, eight years old in, in 2008, whatever. And <laughs> she was six for one of them and eight for the other. And uh, 
it was, she had a good time. Um, the autism aspect of it was that we spent our time on the beach and all she wanted to do was walk into the water and then walk back out and then walk in and then walk out. So we did that for a good hour or so. <laughs> um, but now uh, I don't know if I would want to take her. It's a lot of work uh, for her. She, um, she had a surgery in um, 2013. She had scoliosis. So she had the scoliosis surgery and they put the, um, the steel rods in her back. Oh my goodness. Screw, like she's got 22 screws in there as well. Um, besides the airport nightmare, she might be uh. <laughs> um, following the surgery because she was so depleted from all of the, you know, the, surg the surgical part of it, the weight loss and everything. She ended up having a seizure, uh, which detached her only good retina. So she has vision in only one eye. So for her, she just wants to stay where she's at, enjoy, you know, she likes her, her videos and her computer. She loves all of that electronics. She just wants to stay and be comfortable there, you know, have her food, have her, her computer. Um, and that's what she enjoys. So I, I let her have that. So when she sees you after you take a little break and you go out and no excitement, no excitement, <laughs> no, so she, disappointed. Doesn't, she, she doesn't smile or anything like that. Uh, I, I went away for a week on vacation in at the beginning of July and I thought, Oh good. I get to see her reaction when I come home. She's going to be so excited. She didn't care. <laughs> I was, <laughs> she just what she just wanted to tell me about what she had done, which is, you know, I mean, that's good. She was excited to tell me that. I guess that's exciting, but <laughs> I was hoping for more of a hi, you know, I'm, you know, <laughs> not so much. <laughs> I wonder how she reacted while you were gone. Uh, the, the girl that I have um, taking care of her, she's uh, a really good friend and actually very much like family for us. So it was it was no transition at all. It was actually just like having, you know, a family member with her. So it was, it, I, I think if she had been with someone else who wasn't a family, who didn't feel like a family member, it might have been a different response when yeah. I came home. Yeah. But it was just, you know, going from one, you know, having one person there who knows everything about her to having the other person come back and come in. So yeah, interesting, interesting. So now if you had seminars, um, what would you be standing up and saying to those people who are going through so much? You, what would you, would you become like their coach? Um and help them to maneuver or to uh, maneuver the emotions, actually, because that's what I'd a like whole to. gambit of emotions that I'm sure would happen. Yes, that's that's what I would like to do. Is is definitely help people through um, and to navigate through the the things that are that are making them feel paralyzed and helpless. Uh, you know, I, I don't, I don't think anyone should have to feel like that. And I, I, that's what I would love to do. I love, I want to help people get away from that so they can, you know, have successful, enjoyable lives as well. I don't like to see people suffer. It's, it's, yeah. it's yeah. So your expertise is with a child, but because of that emotion, and, and I would think that there's no stronger emotion than the love for a child and seeing and 
not being able to to visualize that child you know grow into so many other things you yes. know so mm -hmm. but that's your expertise but that emotional issue could relate into anything it could relate into a person who has had a person die yes that has um just feels like they're failing um just stuck in their emotions and can't move forward yes it's it's the nurturing component of that that i think is my my biggest asset because um you know i can i i can empathize and and relate and you know it's 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 not just that i want to say and nod my head and say yeah i know what you mean it's more like you know i can really i i can really understand the struggles um i may not know exactly uh every struggle but i can certainly put myself in that position and and wonder how it why how it would affect me and what i would do and how i would feel and so when i put myself in in their shoes and that kind of perspective to try and understand i think it's that combined with the nurturing component that that you know I think that's that's the, the my greatest asset in in helping. So, what um, you have a blog now? I do. Yes. So, what's the name of it, and how can people go? It's uh, ShellyHallmark.me, and it's on WordPress. And uh, they just type in ShellyHallmark.me, and and they'll find it. Uh, it goes right to it. And I I actually haven't posted in the last month or so just because things have been so busy in life um, but I do want to get back on a regular schedule because I find that uh, I get I get myself out of sorts when I don't write enough I have yeah. to I have to it, it dispel the, the things that are building up inside um, it's it's kind of like you know having things it helps you get things off your chest yeah and that's really what you people need to do a lot of people you know are stuck in emotion because they don't have the opportunity to talk about it Yes, it, I it helps them release it. So, are you open to receiving uh, letters from people or emails from people in which you can connect with them and perhaps give them a suggestion or two? Definitely, I would love that. I would, I would absolutely love that. Wonderful. Well, how how do they get that? What's your email address? So they can reach. So they can reach me on. Uh, in addition to my blog, because my blog has a comment thing. Although that would be posted online. So if they wanted to reach me personally, then they can contact me at srhallmark at telus net. Okay. And that's good. So anyone who is stuck and um, needs an inspiration and needs some advice to find your passion so that you can move forward as Shelly did, uh, uh, you know, I highly suggest this. Uh, and, and, you know, believe it or not, I don't know if you've taken any co um, courses for life coaching, but I can see you as a major life coach in which to really help people. I actually, I haven't taken any courses. I've taken a few. I actually took a course because um, I was born with some gifts as well. So I took some mediumship mentoring 
uh, in the last year. And um, I've, I, I'm an empath as well. So that is part of the, you know, I have that, I, I, a lot of times when I'm writing, it's hard to discern whether the thoughts coming in are mine or if I'm pulling them from somewhere else. So, but it blends in nicely and that's really, you know, because spirit knows what they want to convey to the world. So if I can help bring that message in, then that's, you know, and, and I can usually connect with, with, um, that's how, that's how I say that I connect with people empathically is because I can, I, I can actually feel what they're, they're going through and yeah. not, not probably as deeply as, as them, um, but a, a level of it, um, to help. Yeah. And that's actually, there's a good and bad side to being an empath. One is what you discovered because you were feeling your daughter's emotions as well. Yeah. Yeah. And so that made it extremely difficult and where you got to the point where you start, had to start writing to save your own life. Yes, yes. And actually one of the things when she was in the hospital for her scoliosis surgery because she, had to, she got an infection following it and had to stay in there for a month. And I wouldn't let anyone come visit me because I had enough of my emotions sitting on the surface that I couldn't manage their sympathy as well because I couldn't control I had to, my emotions were sitting right up here at the surface. And so for someone to come in and feel sorry for me, it was just, oh, then I had to try and make them feel better. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I just didn't have the energy to do that. So, yeah. so that's really fascinating. So that's where your intuitive skills are coming into play because you can feel them yeah. and um that that's very important um and it sounds like you have now discovered how to protect yourself from all those when you can when you're done with the session you can walk away and say well okay yes actually the the, the mediumship uh the, the mentorship in, in medium uh that was a really, uh, that was my best help to learning how to protect myself because I was basically walking around open prior to that. Uh, if you can visualize it, it's like, you know, having a, a piece of felt on a wall and throwing a Velcro ball at it. That's kind of what people's energy was coming at me like, and I would just be stuck with them all day long. And so once I learned how to protect myself, I didn't have to absorb it. And uh, that was a big help for me. <laughs> That's really important. That's really important. That's so interesting. So I think, and the mediumship, what what was that about? It wasn't. It was about people who have passed. Yes, when I was when I was a child, I used to see spirits. Um, my grandmother, um, you know, other spirits that I, you know, some that I didn't know. Um, and I'm, when I was when I was younger, you know, it was no one really knew what was, it's not as accepted as it is now. So my mother thought, oh, oh God, you're just crazy. <laughs> you know, which she didn't want to actually say to me, she didn't. Um, but I was terrified and had no one to help me through it or make help me understand. So in which case, I think, you know, they don't want to scare you. So it just kind of backed off a bit. So I don't actually physically see them in manifestation anymore but I can still feel them. I just didn't realize that I was, that it had trans transcended into another form within me until I took this mediumship program. Wow. Wow. 
Ah, that's exciting. So uh, on another note, because we're almost out of time, but I did want to ask you, because you're intuitive, have you discovered um, about your daughter's life's purpose, what it means? I think her life purpose was to awaken me, honestly. Um, without her, I would. I don't think I would have. Uh, I was. I was very. It wasn't that I was uh, really flighty. I just wasn't very aware uh, when I was younger, and I don't. I think that I needed to have that awareness kind of shocked into me, so I would, you know, wake up. I think that's really what it was. It's, and you know, we're we're. I think as each other, we're we're soul partners in that we were we came in as a you know for the purpose of coming in together to create this. Yeah, you came in to create this, but. It- also, so that you could help other people. Yes, what definitely. That's that was that's exactly it. I think that if, had she not woken me up, I don't, I wouldn't have discovered this. I don't think. So, no matter what happens, everything is kind of a blessing in disguise. Would you say? I would definitely say, even even the bad stuff. There's always something positive that comes out of it, whether that is uh, learning something new. Uh, developing a part of yourself or just connecting more with others that's there's always something positive to come out of it so for all of the listeners that are watching this or listening there there's you just don't have to give up on life you can wake up and see and know that if you don't understand it now you will eventually, and you will be so grateful for that experience. After all, that was the reason that you came to this planet to experience your humanness anyway. Yes. And, to, and to master that is, wow. Yes. That's where you get your power, right? I actually, a lot of, a lot of people have said to me that they, well, not a lot of people. Some have said to me that they, they say, how do you do it? It's so, you know, it's such a big job taking care of my daughter. And I think, well, honestly, I think I had the perfect child for me because uh, there's a lot of, like, I did all of those things when I was younger. I went out and I, you know, experienced things, played, you know, sports and all that. And I think, I don't know how my mother let me go. <laughs> I would just be, oh, don't get yourself hurt, you know? So it's, it's, I, I can, I can keep her safe and here all the time. And she's, you know, She's always going to, she's, she's not going to, she, she grows in age and evolves, but she's kind of stays in this, in this one space of being a little bit of a child, but also a little bit of a, a little bit of an adult. It's, it's like this really beautiful blend. Wow. Wow. Yeah. That's a great perspective. So Mike, sorry, my great saying for that is that um, I play the hand I was dealt like it was the one that I wanted. Perfect, perfect, perfect. Yeah. I love that. So what's on the horizon? Are you writing another book? I do. I actually have a third book that I'm, I, I have a couple of books on, in the works, but I have a fictional story that I want to write. Um, fiction's a lot harder to come up with because you're making things up. Whereas, uh, you know, I'm, when, I'm, when I'm doing my self-help writing, it's more of a how I'm feeling thing. Whereas when I'm making things up, it's more of a, I mean, I don't have to be, 
I don't have to be accurate on anything, which is great. So I don't have any constraints there, but it's a little bit harder to write. But the idea is it's a storyline um, that has four characters and the end of it is going to have an overall self-help theme. Uh, and it's basically about where your choices in life, each one matters, no matter how big or how small and where they, you know, looking back to see where the choices you've made have taken you. How wonderful. So to have people think, really think before you, you know, before you do. I love that. I love that. Well, we want to encourage everyone to go get your book and uh, you can get it on um, uh, Amazon and Barnes and Noble and Balboa. And it's called Once Upon a Blog. Uh, oh, let me say that again. Once Upon a Blog, Then and Now by Shelley L. Hallmark. Um, and let's send everybody to your website, too. Let me have your website. Uh, my website is www.shellyhallmark.com. And uh, there's also one that Balboa Press created, which was shellyhallmarkbooks.com which has just my books but my website has uh actually my website only has my first book on it but i was going to say that if um for maybe the first five people that contact me through there i'll send them a free copy of my of my soft cover of my book um and they just provide me with the address and i'll pay for it all and send it to them Wow, how wonderful is that? Okay, great. And that they can also, um, for people, and I know there's people um, all over the world who are listening in, they want to uh, talk to you about their own personal issues to get some inspiration. They can send you an email. Definitely. I, I welcome that. I would love it. Okay. And that is srhallmark at telus.net. I'll yeah. put it up underneath our uh, pictures here and um, on the um, everywhere that the show plays. And we'll make sure that they know that they can contact you. And right. it's always great to talk to somebody who's been through it all to find out and for you to grow. So I highly recommend contacting Shelly. Um, I don't, I don't think you're going to regret it because <laughs> you're just going to get woke. <laughs> right? Okay. Well, thank you so much for taking the time and coming on best wishes to your beautiful daughter. And, um, thank you. I, I just feel inspired now. Thank I, you so much. Life's going to be great today. <laughs> I think so. <laughs> Thanks, Shelly. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining us. We'll be back next week with another great show from Law of Attraction Talk Radio. If you'd like to comment on tonight's show, send an email to jules at loaradionetwork.com and have a great week. Ever wonder how some people around you are so successful making money, buying new homes, finding true love, and even better jobs? Well, now is the time for you to become that successful person. Jenny Gain, best-selling author and international law of attraction skills coach, is offering a free online masterclass for a limited time only to help fast-track your manifesting journey. 
Jenny Gain, also known as the Coach's Coach, has experienced success for herself and thousands more who have started manifesting wealth, health, and even a soulmate. If you're ready to create your own future, visit wisdomtimes.com and take Jenny Gain's free online masterclass. Yes, I said free online masterclass. Become one step closer to realizing your dreams at record speed. Visit www.wisdomtimes.com.